Welcome to episode 103 on the Herpreneur Show. Today, I bring you three reasons why you lose a sale and how to help you close more. It's a solo episode with me. See you on the other side. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. I'm just uh, talking a little bit lower today because I've got my son sleeping in the room next door to my home office. So I want to make sure that I don't wake him up, but I also want to be able to use my time to be able to impart some great information. So today I wanted to share with you my five biggest tips in why you lose the sale. Now I've been in sales for about 17 years and I tell you what, these are the biggest game changing tips I can give you. And I say that because I know that you're going to be probably doing at least, I'd probably say three of the five of them, all right? Uh, and the reason why you're doing it, it's not your fault. It's it's only because the smarter you're getting with your business, uh, the difference of you the way you're communicating now is completely different to where you started. Another thing is that you didn't sign up to be the salesperson in your business, but you realize pretty quickly that you need to learn how to sell. So this is going to be one of the biggest game changers and one of the easiest you'll be happy to know as well. Because as soon as I share it with you, the penny's going to drop and you're going to realize how quickly and how swiftly you can change your communication. I just think it's really important for us to open up with this because your business is nothing without cash, right? We need money to be coming into our business. And obviously we want to be able to get profit as well so we can build the the business and the lifestyle and the freedom that we love and that we deserve. So today is really about helping you be able to understand how to close the sale and be able to get your products and services out there and help more people. And coincidentally, today's show is brought to you by Convert Club. Yes, no coincidence at all. Convert Club actually helps you with a reverse sale. So if you, for some reason today, start to go, oh my gosh, there is so much to learn. This is too hard, but you need to bring sales through the door, then reach out to me. I'll have a conversation with you and share exactly what Convert Club is, how it works. But to give you a real quick rundown, we help you reverse the sale. We teach you a model called reverse selling. We use your words so it feels so natural and help you land your clients, your customers much easier, converting a lead to a sale with ease. Want to find out more? Reach out to me, but let's move on with the show. Enjoy today's learning. Today, I really wanted to help you really understand about closing a sale. I know that you've probably stepped into entrepreneurship or into some type of negotiation in leadership. And perhaps you didn't choose to, you didn't start out that way, but you know pretty quickly that being able to really close a sale, close the deal, be able to negotiate, um, your business can't survive without it. 
So I'm going to go through the top five reasons why you actually lose a sale. And it's probably not what you think. You might think that a lot of people lose a sale because they didn't build enough rapport. um, The person didn't like them. They are definitely in the top 10, but it's not the top five. Today, I'm giving you the top five, which is the most common mistakes. And I bet you that there is one that you're actually doing out of these five. So let's just roll our sleeves up and get stuck into it. The first one is that you teach too much. And what I mean by that is if you say are a coach or a consultant of some type, there's a high chance that you've shared so much information, so much of your amazing skills to impress upon them, to show them how much you know that you probably slipped out a lot of how-tos and being able to slip out those how-tos can give the prospect um, a false sense of inspiration that they can actually do it. It's like now they suddenly know your secret sauce, right? Uh, For instance, personal trainers could possibly teach too much in their sales presentation um, about, let's just say, they might say, hey, we want to make sure that you're training three times a week. Twice of those days are going to be based on weights training because weights is going to increase your muscle tissue. Um, The more muscle you have, the higher metabolism. Um, We're going to make sure that you're doing some cardio as well. Now, don't worry about bulking up because you're a female. You're not going to bulk up anyway. It's just really hard unless we're taking some type of, um, you know, testosterone to help you get that bulk. Um, But we're also really going to clean up your diet. Let's just say they start leaking out all this information. Now, in a sales presentation, what you should be doing is really asking great questions, really connective questions, which we're going to go into later on as well, because it's one of the tips. So that's an example of what a personal trainer could do. Um, I actually sat in a presentation, which is selling from the stage. And just think when I'm talking about um, not closing the sale, I don't just mean from face to face one-on-one. I can actually mean from teaching and closing from the stage as well, or perhaps from a webinar as well. So I actually was um, at my own retreat. I had my conference on with my mastermind program and I had all the ladies in the group and I had a couple of guest speakers on this last day. And um, the naturopath, I really wanted her to give a gift to the audience and also to give them something to continue the work with her because I believe in her work so much. And um, the naturopath gave so much. She she taught so much about adrenal burnout and how uh, you need to manage your adrenals being a female entrepreneur. And um, when I actually found out how many people signed up, I was actually gobsmacked at only two of the ladies out of the mastermind group actually signed up. And when I asked them, you know, why wouldn't you take this adrenal testing kit that she's offering? And I found out there was actually so much more. She was giving, you know, a consultation. It was actually some herbal oils, um, all these different things. And the majority of the ladies said that they didn't feel like that they um, needed to go to her. Now they've actually got all the information that they know what they need to do to manage their adrenals meaning they don't need to buy that product. So it's really interesting because just think some people can get false inspiration from what you're actually teaching them in your sales presentation. And you know, it's not just that one thing, especially if you're a coach or you're a consultant, you're continually working through like a timeline of events. So my question is, do you teach too much in your sales process? Something for you to think about.
The next one, number two, is you didn't ask for the sale. Now, this statistic is very old. I, they, I don't know how they can test it, but back, um, I think it was in the 70s, they said that it was 68% of the time a customer didn't buy because you didn't ask them. And that comes from um, an amazing man back in real estate called Tom Hopkins. So we're going way, way, way back in the 70s and 80s here. So, um, But the statistic of that would be something around that, that crazy high number or probably even more these days as well. Um, and I say that because we're getting so stuck onto social media and used to texting things and posting things and writing things and avoiding verbal communication that I actually think it would probably be higher than 68%. So you didn't ask for the sale. So did you know that many sales are lost because you didn't actually ask that customer for a buying decision? And it's so frustrating for you because you could see that customer frothing at the mouth but then they ended up saying, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, let me give you a big hint here. If a customer says, thanks so much, that was just amazing. I appreciate your time. And you never got an objection. Well, guess what? That means that you didn't actually ask for the sale. When you don't get an objection and you get a customer thanking you, you didn't ask for the sale. So, how do you ask is the question, right? Now, I could give you a full chapter on how to ask for the sale. Um, well, actually, I've got a full module in my reverse selling system, but if I can keep something really short, soft, and not overly pushy for you, because really, if you go back to the, the, the grassroots of everything, um, it's not about closing the sale. It's really about how do we open the sale? How do we open the relationship? For me, it's more about opening um, or continuing the journey than just closing it. I think that's sort of the old school um, mentality from, you know, the old males that used to teach, you know, car sales, close the sale. So anyway, let me give you one just to try on for size. Imagine if you said at the end of your presentation, so with all that information, would you like to go ahead and give it a try? And I'm nodding my head at the same time here because nonverbal communication has a massive impact in getting a yes as well. So let me phrase that again for you. So with all that information, because you would have just finished explaining how your product or how your service actually helps them, how it's a, 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 a solution for their problem, uh, and then you're actually going to go into, so would you like to move ahead or go ahead and give it a try? Now, let me just say the word try is not the word that you ever want to hear relating to a friend saying it to, say, a birthday party, right? I'll try and make it. Though for sales, this is actually a very nice way to close because it creates softness. Um, you know, for a person to try, they have to buy and they'll never experience it any other way. Plus, if it's a contractual basis, sometimes contractual basis actually have exit fees um, in their clause, which means a person can really try it. So yes, they have to invest the money, but being able to try takes away the pressure from the customer. So I'm going to say this one one more time. It's a really super soft one, an easy one for everyone to do. So with all that information that I've ran through, how it can actually help you, is this something that you'd like to go ahead and give it a try? Yeah. Now I put a little yeah at the end and that's what I call a hush technique. It's just um, hushing the word that you want them to say at the end of it. So um, there's so many different ways that you can actually ask for the sale. 
But if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. So I don't care if you just say, hey, so do you want to buy? <laughs> just like say something that's so not well crafted, but you're just asking it. Um, you'll probably get more yeses um, by even just saying something as plain as that than not asking at all. All right. Number three, you didn't ask enough buying questions. Now, I mentioned this in tip number one. Tip number one has a really powerful um, uh, back into it. It has a lot of depth to it because I go back to this a lot in the next couple to come along. So tip number three is you didn't ask enough questions. And you need to be able to understand that the more decisions that a customer makes about a product or a service, it's easier for them to say yes. Though I actually see prospects sitting in front of a salesperson and the salesperson's product is incredible, but they end up turning the customer off instead of turning them on. And this happens because you're doing all the talking, all the telling, telling them how great the product is instead of asking. Asking draws the customer into the conversation, becomes a two-way conversation telling is more of the push, is more of the person being told, which is more of you selling. So if you're telling, you're doing more type of selling. So instead, I want you to grasp this number, all right? At the start of your presentation, when you sit down and you're talking to your customer for the very first time and you're finding out their needs, 80% of your communication at the start of that presentation should be questions. It should be a stack of questions, finding out how you can help them, what the problem is, how long they've had the problem for, had they actually tried to fix it before, asking a stack of questions. Now, did you know that customers have a looping process that helps them with decision-making? And this is called the decision decider. Some people need to loop through from emotion through to logic, emotion through the logic, emotion through the logic twice, and then they feel so empowered to buy and they'll go ahead and purchase. Others might take up to four times with looping, going decision decider, will I, won't I buy, will I, won't I buy, and you've gone through it before, the will I, won't I buy saga, and you know, with the customer, a customer who is not clear with a decision will not buy. So make sure you have some really strong, well-crafted questions at the start of your presentation. One, it creates um, more of a connection. Two, the customer feels like that they're actually sharing. They're not being told, they're not being sold to. And so it actually has them feeling like they're empowered to buy and they're in the control seat. Plus, as you go further down the track into your communication, when you go to present your product and your services, you now can tailor You can now tailor it to all the information that you've extracted from the start. Now, tip number four, too much logic. I mentioned emotion versus logic before. So if I was to ask you, when a customer purchases your product or your service, is it for an emotional need or a logical need? Now, sometimes you might think, hey, it's for a logical need. Though if I was to share this with you, this one secret that people buy emotionally and then they justify and they rationalize their purchase through logic, right? That's the, that's, that's the driver right there. Now, it's pretty unfair because 
the more skilled you become, the more skilled you are at your craft, the more you know about your product and your service, the more logical your conversation can become. And the more logical your presentation, like how you present how your product or service works can become. So it's pretty unfair, right? Because you're getting more and more skilled. But the hard thing is the more skilled you get, your closing rates could actually drop. They could plummet. When when you started selling your product, because you had so much emotion, because you were so passionate and you were so hyped and so excited and you were like so confident, you actually spoke more in an emotional place. So if you're finding that you're starting to um, cl- uh, drop, your, your closing rates are starting to drop, it's a high chance is that you're actually using more logical presentation um, communication than actually emotion. So we want to make sure that customers, um, they're in the buying decision mode. And to be in that buying decision mode, customers need to be into their hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus uh, comes into play when we're making decisions when a customer seeks something that feels like it would be either a reward or a fulfillment of some type of pleasure. So I'm going to say that again. A customer buys when they see your product or service as some type of a reward or a fulfillment of pleasure. Now, what happens when we actually feel this, this, oh my gosh, that's going to help me, or oh my gosh, that's going to save this problem, or this is absolutely fantastic, this is what I've been looking for for so long. The customer starts to feel that from your product and your service, from your communication, what happens, the neurotransmitter fires off and it hits the receptor and we get this amazing neurotransmitter feeling called dopamine. And dopamine is an incredible endorphin and it makes us feel damn good, right? And the more the customer actually spends, the more premium the price, the more the customer fires off this dopamine after they've purchased it, when they see their product, when they use it. So you might have really good looking new iPhone, a new iPad, a new car, a hot new pair of heels, a gorgeous handbag. And depending on how valuable you see that, and perhaps you've actually invested a lot of money into this product, you'll find that you're still firing off dopamine. That transmitter is still firing off because when you look at it or when you go to use it, it still gives you that fulfillment of pleasure. So, Ensuring that you have a well laid out presentation to truly show the benefits of your product and how it will help them is key. If I can rewind when we talk about the you didn't ask enough questions in tip number three, you want to make sure there's some really heavy hitting questions there about how do they feel at the moment without that product or service right? Because we want to be able to find out the pain. So your product, when you're showing it, they can actually see the pleasure. So this is a big reason why people can lose the sale because they've got so much logic into their presentation. And I'd actually probably say it's on par with number one. So number one is that um, you probably taught too much. And I'd probably say even key or really is too much logic. Too much logic can kill the sale. And 
that's when I actually say that you're probably turning the customer off than on. And we're turning them off because we're going technical. We're not firing off that beautiful dopamine, that pleasure. Um, and that's what I mean. You could be turning them on if you wanted to. You could be firing off that amazing um, pleasure neurotransmitter because they're seeing like, oh my God, this product is going to really help me. It's going to relieve a lot of stress. It's going to help me make a lot of money in my business. Or it's going to help me lose my weight or it's going to help me build the house of my dreams. Whatever your product is, that that neurotransmitter fires off when they actually feel that you actually can help them. Last, but definitely not least, is number five, and it's a tired customer does not buy. Hmm. How long are your presentations? Are your presentations so long that after you do your presentation that you have a lot of paperwork to do? How long does it take for you to be able to connect with your customers' needs, get them to open up, and then to be able to explain your product to them so they're still alert and engaged by the end to make the decision? So some people, their presentation, uh, it might go for an hour, and then they've got a hefty amount of uh, paperwork at the back end. So many, many years ago, my husband and I were actually doing training for people um, that were selling the mathematics computer tutor. And a lot of those presentations were at night. The really um, most important thing about a nighttime presentation is that we want to get that presentation done from end to end within an hour, meaning that we build the rapport, they sit down, they talk to the child, the child has to go on the computer, the child can then go and sit and go start to go to bed, then the um, salesperson continues to sit and talk to the parents and they've gone through the sale, the paperwork by one hour's time because by then it's 8.30 p.m. and people's circadian rhythms can start to kick in then (laughs) and you're going to know it because they're going to try and pretend that they're not yawning. They might have their hand over their mouth or try and stop the yawn and pull this really weird face. (laughs) Um, But it's really important if you're doing nighttime presentations you need to make sure that your latest booking time is around 7.30, that you have done that presentation from end to end within an hour. Otherwise, you're going to continually get objections. And the main objection is that they even want to think about it or they're going to do it, but they'll get their paperwork to you in the morning. Now, as soon as a person says that they're going to get their paperwork to you, you've got a higher chance, 50 to 75% of people pulling out of the sale uh, because we start to then have time to think about it. And if you think thinking is logic, it's not feeling, and it doesn't drive the buying behavior, actually turn, turn off the buying behavior. So we really want to make sure that no matter what your presentation is, you could be going into a corporate company sitting down with them, um, talking about how you're going to help them with their team and help train their HR management team. Um, That presentation, again, from top to toe, an hour. If you find that it's going over time, buying or should I say selling is really, it's, it's based on time frames. And timing has to be right. And if you feel like your customer's starting to get really tired, you're better off not going into the full presentation, booking another time to sit back down and see them again, 
and then present the sales presentation and your proposal. Now, I will have a, um, a podcast coming out with training about sending a proposal because that's another area where you're doing all this hard work and you're just unraveling it because you can't get a hold of them on the phone. Um, so I've got my hottest, hottest tip that I use with proposals. And let me just tell you, most of the time I don't send them. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you that hot tip in another training. So they're the five reasons why people don't buy. Uh, the top one is you teach them too much. And look, I'd probably put too much logic as well as that. Um, you didn't ask for the sale is another one. You didn't ask enough buying questions or it's a tired customer and a tired customer doesn't buy. And if I can just share this one tip with the last um, one with number five is a tired customer doesn't buy is also in reference to how much information you're giving them. And once again, that reverts back to tip number one, you're teaching too much. So you could be teaching them so much information that they're absolutely smashed. They love everything you've taught them. But again, they're tired and they're now not in decision-making mode. So they'll give you a um, objection simply as, thanks very much, I'm going to have a think about it. And uh, now it's into the follow-up, which most people hate. So uh, there are your five tips. Have a look at which ones you need to work on. So if you go to AnnetteLakovich.com, you can actually see the printout of this um, and you can actually uh, go through it with a fine-tooth comb and have a look at where you need to clean up because this can be the, the make or break in your business and be able to get people on and be able to serve more people, change more lives, be able to get your message out there and have a business thriving financially and making profit and having you feel confident in every way. Now, if today's information has made an impact on you, please share it with a friend and it really helps me a bunch if you leave me a review on iTunes. Thanks a lot. See you on the next with our newest interviewee who I cannot wait to share her with you. You're going to love her. Until then, shine bright. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.